This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We come to eighth time. Let's get to work, man. Let's go. Yeah, let's go on a Friday. Good to be with you. Appreciate you getting up with us. We're with you till 10 a.m. this morning. Our last show in studio for the next 10 days as we are headed to West Palm Beach on Sunday. Sean oh. Pendergast, Seth Payne. Yes. Boy, if we were entering a darkness retreat, uh, a 10-day darkness retreat, we'd, uh, we wouldn't be able to see each other until three days from now. No. If we were Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he bells. He bells on oh, his. So we just retreat. walk over and hit a light switch and go. Oh, hey, I didn't know you were in here. Hey, yeah. Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat was a big letdown. Yeah, we'll he get did to not that. Do the full deal. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Later. We'll, we'll get to that in the next segment. But yeah, he's back. He's back from his. No, now we'll see what happens. The the world waits to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. Um, very excited uh, to fly down to Florida on Sunday and get get cracking. The games get started tomorrow for the Astros. Uh, you and I will be going to a bunch of games this coming week. Uh, and our trip to spring training is brought to you by Shoppa's John Deere. Um, did you, the Lance McCullers arm soreness is still a big topic. Um, and Dusty, Dusty spoke on this yesterday, Seth, I want to play this and then get your reaction to it. Um, many were wondering if this was Dusty Baker throwing shade at upper management when he said this yesterday, he was asked about, um, he was asked about the, the, um, possibility of having brought in another veteran arm for a little bit of insurance this past offseason. They didn't do that, obviously. They rolled with the the six starting pitchers that were still with the team. Now they're down to five, at least for the time being, because Lance is hurt. Here was Dusty yesterday when he was asked about, would you have liked to have brought in another veteran arm this offseason? Well, I mean, you got to ask the powers that be, you know. You know, like I got power, but I don't have authority, you know, so... Yeah, I mean, that was always a consideration for me. But like I said, I'm not the... And at the time, we didn't have a general manager in place in order to make that move, you know? So, and like I said, I didn't have the authority to do that. Okay. Oh, that's actually... uh, If he he hadn't... If he hadn't put in the part about, you know, it was always a concern to him, then I I think that would just be kind of a, uh, you know, it's above my pay grade ultimately, and they got to do what's best for the organization. That's... um, yeah, that's a little bit of either shade or self-defense. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm putting it through I, the shadometer. It's on a scale of 1 to 10. It feels like about a 6.3 to me in the shadometer. Is there uh, – how can we build this up most irrationally? Bagwell and Dusty hate each other. Well <laughs> – that's, that's the whole thing. <laughs> I, I uh, the, You know, to me, the biggest thing out of that cut was the part where, well, we were operating without a general manager. Well, yeah, you were operating without somebody with the title of general manager, but you were clearly functioning as a baseball team. Right, like that, that, right. That's the part to me where if, I, if I'm Jim Crane, which is who matters in all this, he's yeah. the boss of everybody. If I'm Jim Crane, I'm going, hey, uh, yeah, I realize we didn't have a GM, but did you notice my little, hey, 
first base is better for you now, Dusty, and we got that done with no general manager. I bet you like having Montero back in the bullpen. Oh, take a look at this uh, young fellow we call Uncle Mike over here. Nice having him back, eh? We did all that without a general manager. That's the part to me that rings a little bit hollow. Is like, well, we didn't even have a GM, so how are we going to get that done? You know, well, like, the, you know, the whole thing though too is that okay, Jim Crane is the GM, and uh, for all intents and purposes during that time, so. I think that, in, in a lot of ways, this reminds me of Tom Brady and his relationship with his actual father, not Bill Belichick, but his biological father, Mr. Brady. Yeah, I don't remember what his name is, but now he's it's like Tom Brady's dad. Kind of go off, goes off sometimes in ways that he shouldn't. He speaks out of turn, and what's Tom going to do about it? Tom's got to just and now now Brady isn't Brady Senior isn't being critical of Tom Brady, but he's saying things that Tom Brady would prefer he not say in public. Yeah. What are you going to do? He's an old man, you know, and you got to show him respect. I feel like that's where Dusty Baker is. Okay. Gonna, there's going to be time. You know what it would be? Barry, remember Barry Sanders' dad? Remember Barry Sanders' dad would, like, basically throw shade at his own son and, and, and act like, well, he's no Jim Brown, really? you know? I don't. Yeah. I actually, oh, you don't? No, I oh. don't remember that. People would ask him, like, hey, can you say some nice things about your son? Yeah, he's no Jim Brown. <laughs> That's how he got to be so good. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, it wasn't quite like that. Right, right. But um, I That's think it was funny. more. But, uh, but. Barry Sanders' dad would go off at times, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes critical of his own son, but also sometimes critical of the Lions. And what are you going to do? It's your father. So, like, I, I think Jim Crane probably looks at Dusty a little bit like, oh, I know I'm, I'm, I'm quite the grown man myself, but that's, that's kind of like a dad-type guy to me, so I, I'm just going to let him go. Yeah, okay, so, so we would be a little more concerned about dissension within the ranks if Dusty were 43, not 73, because yes. he's 73 – He's got license to basically just uh, shake his fist at clouds, which honestly, like on this team, that's kind of what it's doing. I mean, I get it. Lance McCullers is a good pitcher when he's healthy and all that stuff. This is still a team that has an embarrassment of riches when it comes to everything uh, that goes with being a good baseball team. One more from Dusty talking specifically about Lance says, uh, gives us gives those magical one, two, three, uh, f- five words. It is what it is. It is what it is. You know, like, uh, you know, we just hope we get him back sometime shortly after that and uh, we just hope he gets well and uh i remember we used to we used to leave bobby welch when i, with, when I was with the dodgers we leave him back every year you know because something in his elbow would shoot he went on and won 200 and something games you know what i mean so uh it's just a temporary setback and hopefully we have him through the remainder of the year okay lance turns into bob welch that would be freaking awesome <laughs> that think, would be great um, do you think dusty would be less obliquely critical of Jim Crane if uh, if they had more lefties on the roster. Because uh, uh, he, you know, just, it's always, Dusty's always agitating a little bit for, you know. The whole lefty righty lefties. This yeah. is Dusty's way he's of. Gotta have a, he's, he's an advocate. He's, an ad, he's a proud uh, advocate of lefties. Yeah. And uh, it's not like there's, it's not like they're flush with lefties right now. Unless you count like Lance Bats left, yeah. So, but he's injured, so that's not even no. you, you don't even give him. A, I get the sense. I get the stuff. sense, Seth, that Dusty would just openly complain about not having any lefties. I don't think there's anything subtle about Dusty Baker. Yeah. Um. I here's my thing with all this, and and again, the the genesis of this of these quotes from Dusty was, hey, um, you know, concern over the you know the the thinning of the ranks in the starting rotation. Should there have been more done to build that up? I don't. <laughs> I don't know who they would have gone and gotten this off season where I'm like, where I'm like, Phew, okay, thank God they got that guy because Lance is is 
you know, Lance is dealing with arm soreness. Like they, they were never going to be, they unless they were re-signing Verlander, they were never going to be shopping in the to use a Correa analogy in the Dior yeah. store for starting pitching. Like it would, it would have been, it would have been like a Jake Odorizzi situation where you're spending eight to ten million, eight to ten million dollars on some guy who can eat up some innings for you. So I, I have a hard time getting worked up about but this. I, I guess the difference is that you, I think you have to go into the season looking at Lance as a maybe guy. You know, it's established enough now that you can't just pencil him in that he's definitely going to be there. They had an embarrassment of riches last year with their starting pitchers. Yeah. So now, all of a sudden, if you're going to try to paint it out as an embarrassment of riches somehow, it would rely upon Hunter Brown really showing up, and you know, which is very, very possible. It would rely on, on Forrest Whitley uh, somehow not being a hologram, which he has been. He's been a fool's hologram for the past five years, and yet there he is, so far healthy, knock on wood. Looking good, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, yeah, like, okay, let's – Let's dial it back a little bit, Dusty. Like, not every team has seven awesome starting pitchers. That's kind of where okay? I'm at with it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry if you're going to have to manage hard. You, got, you, not, you can't roll into every season trying to figure out how you're going to manage seven starting pitchers. Which, um, which starting pitcher is most intriguing to you right now, with, especially with Lance being out here? Like, when we get down to, when we get down to spring training, of these, of these five guys that are the rotation now – which are you most looking forward to watching? I'd say Javier because he's the most kind of flying under the radar type of guy, uh, but that is going to be relied upon hardcore for the first time, like walk in with these expectations. Yeah, he's there too. He's their clear-cut yeah. two right now. So there's that, and then there's uh, Framber. Framber and how he manages his way through some of these little hiccups where he used to be able to reset himself, step off the mound, do some breathing exercises. Now that there's a pitch clock, he's not going to be allowed to do that. So is he, is he amped up the mental training in the offseason with his sports psychologist there to, to figure out how to be, basically do everything he had been doing, but just in, in twice the amount of time? It's a weird there's dynamic. nothing like relaxing faster. Yeah, it's a weird dynamic with the rules because they're – of these five guys, now that Lance is injured, of the five guys that are still healthy, uh, Framber's the most experienced of these five, which is crazy. I mean, he's only been around since 2018 or 2019. He's the one that the rules probably impact the most because of what you just pointed out, because of the shift, um, all those things. The one who's, I think, like, when I look at the new rules and I'm like, well, he'll be fine, ironically, is the least experienced of all of them, Hunter Brown, because he's played under these rules before. Yeah, he's <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they've uh, all these younger guys have... Have had some experience yeah, with it, so yeah. it's just not as big a deal. Nope. Uh, okay, off and running. And Herkiti's fast as hell. Yeah. Whereas Luis Garcia, the other one, is the one you know with the, the rock the, the baby, the baby modification and all that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um. So uh, we're off and running on a Friday. Seth and I are uh, getting out of town. It's a getaway day, as they like to say here on the show. We're heading down to West Palm Beach. Thanks to Shoppers John Deere for uh, sponsoring our trip to spring training. We're looking forward to that. Aaron Rodgers is out of his dark retreat. This dark retreat that he took might be the most overblown thing that Aaron Rodgers has ever discussed, and that is saying something. We'll, we'll have some audio for you next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, as we wait for the dominoes to fall in the QB drama carousel this offseason in the NFL, uh, we got one big thing out of the way. Aaron Rodgers dark retreat i guess i guess it's a dark retreat um he's back he uh he he left wednesday you saw a story on yahoo seth that said he arrived on monday and left on wednesday yeah i might count that as seen that that anywhere else yeah that is not four days by my let's see one two three that was (laughs) barely three (laughs) it was it was definitely two nights at most (laughs) yes so which surprised me because everything that i had seen you know i already felt like he was kind of being a lightweight by only going four days right because most of the stuff I've seen is that like the really impactful stuff starts on day four. That's when you start having hardcore hallucinations. Just the very beginning of it, um, and uh, your your brain starts releasing this substance DMT that uh, that that usually is only produced like in sleep. So it's it's that's when the weirdness starts. But the true like the crazy stuff is days five, six, and seven. So I was really surprised to after. After, you know, proclaiming to the world on the Pat McAfee show that he was going on a four-day darkness retreat, yeah. if he bailed out after two, I... He, Sean, he signed up for four days of sitting on his ass. He may have bailed out after two, in which case he would have literally half-assed it. Yeah. Which sounds exactly like what that's the good. Green Bay brass has been saying about him. Yeah, yeah. that's good. I like that. That was good. Um, so, here's the thing. Even if he stayed for four days, you and I as I think we have done more than any other show, maybe in any market, have researched this dark retreat process. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you and I have researched the possibility of, of us going on one. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we looked at the real hardcore dark retreat in Guatemala, yeah. which appears to be bereft of a lot of the accoutrements and the niceties that come with living in the 21st century and whatnot. The, the Aaron Rodgers uh, darkness retreat, Let's just say it doesn't. Well, see, he's he went to Oregon. Yeah. Well, let's let's listen to the one in uh, the Mexico one yeah. first, which is looks like it's in some seedy motel room or something in Mexico. Yeah. Listen, and and, and you got to visualize this guy who's doing this is he is in a dark room, and the only reason you can see him is because of infrared cameras. Like he is literally yeah. like 
Yeah, his name's uh, Leon Hendricks. He's okay. a blogger, or a vlogger, okay. and uh, he went down to this. He did this for seven days. Yep, My yep. Idea. And this is what a real one sounds like. I flew down to Mexico to spend seven days straight in complete darkness and isolation in a room that was built to let absolutely no light in. All I had was a basic room with a bed, a meditation chair, and a bathroom. No entertainment, just me and my thoughts. Food would be delivered twice a day into this box with a two-door mechanism, so even then, no light would come in. It's so weird. I can't see anything. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, it's Shawshank basically. Like he's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. He's in solitary, and they're slipping his food in twice a day. Except they say the difference with solitary is that you've usually got one beam of light coming in from the window, which actually can be even more maddening. Yeah. You fixate on the light. Yeah. So, um, it, but it's yeah, it's it's sensory deprivation for a long, long time. Right. This kid, this kid starts bawling and crying and everything. You know, uh, it just you go through some stuff. You confront some stuff, man. It's hardcore. Yeah. Um, now, do you have audio that that uh, tells us a little more about the place that Aaron Rodgers went to, the yes. Sky Cave in Oregon? This this Sky Cave resort, as opposed to the one that Leon Hendricks and all these other every other person I saw do some kind of darkness retreat on the internet, sounded a lot like Leon Hendricks. Yeah. This was this was what Aaron Rodgers apparently reportedly couldn't hack two days of. These dark retreats are situated up on a hillside. This is nice. Folded in a hundred plus thousand acres of protected wilderness. Mm. There's also filtered spring water spring on tap. It's a nice kitchen. spacious. With room to roll around, stretch out. They have a hot bath, which is so amazing and loved by everyone. They're very proud of the hot bath. So the, um, so the one, the first guy is in a dark room, sitting on a mat on a dirty floor, and gets the food slipped through a drawer twice a day, yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers went to a place where he has a hot bath. He's got nice tap water. It's 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 very relaxing. And oh, by the way, what wasn't mentioned in there, but what was mentioned in the articles about Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat. Yeah. He basically has a, a, a room where you can walk over and flip on the light anytime you want to. Yeah, that's the one that you're like, yeah, I, there is something about that where like flipping on a light as opposed to, okay, if you want to bail and it's enough, like you got to walk out a door or something, that's a, that's a conscious decision. It feels like you might accidentally go over and flip on the light on your way to the toilet. Just be out of habit. Right. Out of... Out of forty years of doing just that, yes. you know, you might uh, you, you 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 wake up, you forget yourself, you flip on the lights. So, which can't be a very pleasant experience. But uh, yeah, so that's what uh, Aaron. I I demand I demand that Aaron Rodgers explain himself if he only spent two days in the darkness retreat after uh, after after proclaiming to the world that he was going on his darkness retreat for four days. You which, know, which is the Disney-fied. Going for a going for a two day darkness retreat yeah. is like going to Disney's Animal Kingdom and claiming you went on safari. It's yes, not even like one of those fancy bingo. safaris, like a nineteen well, twenties safari or something. Yeah. You nailed it. That's exactly yeah. what it is. That's exactly what it, right. If you if you have a fast pass to get on the safari, it's not a yeah. safari, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and again, 
okay, like going and taking ayahuasca in a rainforest somewhere is like it, it's very low effort. You yeah. know, you just go with all your rich buddies and they whip it up in a bowl and they give it to you and you have a vision or something. The whole thing about the darkness retreat is you got to earn that experience and, and you got to sit there with with nothing but your thoughts for all that time. This this uh, is one of Leon's buddies that was on the darkness retreat with him at the same time. So Leon was the first guy we heard. Leon's the first guy we okay. heard. Um, and this guy right here is one of his buddies who's a, a fellow vlogger. These guys have a nice little niche here. This is what happens it's... like around day five, six, and seven of okay. the retreat. The crying was so intense. Snot is running down my face, like tears, like I can't control it. <laughs> I felt this inner light core in me, and it just radiated. I felt like it was my soul. And then, like, the intense hallucinations came in. Yeah, yeah. That's so, dude. That that fifteen seconds is scary sounding to me right there. Oh yeah, he was balling. That's yeah. a, that's a very common theme with a lot of those. You go through a lot of emotional people reconcile things emotionally and and come out feeling much 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 better um, if they actually go through the experience as I, opposed to as I said yesterday, Aaron strikes you very much as the guy that carries around a paperback dude. philosophy book that has no creases in the binder. He just it's a, it feels like a whole lot of show and not a lot of go to when, the darkness retreat. When you told me yesterday that he didn't even make it 4 days on this 4-day dark retreat he was going on reportedly. Reportedly, yeah. reportedly. <laughs> I, I was I was asking myself like okay, so how long how long if Aaron Rodgers was honest with himself and thought how long am I going to go on this thing? Um I think Aaron Rodgers the answer to that question is however long I need to go for to where I can sound superior to everybody else when discussing it. Do you I know? get it do I, if I go for 2 days do I get a t-shirt that says I darkness? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or I, I, I get to put it on my bumper sticker <laughs> like of uh, 72 hours darkness. If I make it into the third day can I claim it was 72 hours? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Yeah, you know he's that guy. If I just do an, if I go an hour into the third day I can was, say I was there for 3 days. He was planning on going for 4 days and then having a 96 hours on his bumper sticker that he, that people could ask him about and then he could brag about. I was reading about I was reading one of the articles that that talked about him come coming out of this thing and they said that the big key the people that get the most out of it cuz i was thinking about you and i discussing going yeah. on this thing they said the people that get the most out of it and this is where i feel like aaron rodgers definitely didn't get the most out of it are the people who go into it fearing it like if you have fear that you get more out of it than if you're just going in there like trying to check a box saying i conquered yeah. this thing i think i i may have read that a little bit differently than you i think um a lot of it uh, cuz what what people in these experiences a lot of times discusses in the middle of the experience you go through some things some things that really really scare you mm -hmm. and confronting those fears in the middle of the experience whether it's with this or with psychedelics or what have you is like that's yeah the experience is challenging you for something you might not know it going in that you're going to be scared it's just that's what that's what confronts you midway through it so yeah maybe Aaron Rodgers got got scared got frightened and then yeah. he's got to face his fears if he if he wants to learn how to live off of 50 million dollars a year at some point at some point, he's got to confront these fears that are popping up in his darkness retreat. So, 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 what do you think happens with him now? Do you do you think? Because you pointed this out, the, his guarantee for his money this year doesn't kick in until right before the season starts, yeah. which sets up for a potentially super awkward situation. Which is, if the Packers don't move him before the draft, he might show up at camp, and they might still have him sitting there on eBay. You know what I mean? To 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 trade. Um, do you do you think this ultimately happens that he gets he finally they they finally have really tired of him and they move on from him? 
Um, yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a really good chance yeah. that they're, and I think it's mutual. I don't think either, I don't think either of them want each other. You're right, by the way. Um, I read it wrong. He said it's those who have a healthy amount of fear for what they're about to embark upon yeah. who get the most from the experience. Okay. Yeah. So, are, so are you suggesting that maybe he didn't have the healthy amount of fear? I think he went he in there so cocky? he could act smart. Yeah. I don't think he's yeah. going in there. I think he's going in there thinking I'm going to, I think he was looking at his watch the whole time. Like, all right, how long do I need to stay here? To where I can go on McAfee's show next week and sound like I'm better than everybody else. Yeah, that's what okay. I think he was doing makes, the whole time. Yeah, because it's uh, well, I because I see that if you go in with an amount of fear, that's like respect for it. Yeah, it's kind of this is like, it's like when you run wind sprints, Sean. If you're training, like a lot of people, they for their conditioning test, they have to run 1600 meter sprints. Yes, and what will happen is sometimes like you'll you'll do eight one week and you're like, oh, this is no big deal, I'm fine. And then the next week you're supposed to be 12 and you're like, eight was nothing. And then after six, you're vomiting, uh, <laughs> yes. vomiting at the 50-yard line while everybody laughs at you because <laughs> exactly. so, you didn't have a proper amount of fear. Yep. yep. You got, yeah, you got to fear the process, man. Uh, all right. Um, off and running on a Friday. Uh, Payne and Pendergast with you. Hey, we're off to spring training this weekend. Shoppers John Deere sending us down to West Palm Beach. We mentioned the report card for the Astros offseason uh, late yesterday. We'll tell you what their grade was. But coming out of that, going through what they did this offseason, what are the most likely we-told-you-sos coming from people like us for the Astros as the season rolls on this year? That is next. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Friday. Um, so we mentioned this yesterday. Jim Bowden, former GM uh, for a couple of teams in Major League Baseball, uh, gave the Astros a B- for their offseason. Um, we went through this late in the show yesterday. And I think, you know, as far as the grade goes, it was going to be really hard for the Astros to get an A. Now, Dusty Baker, as we heard earlier in the show, might have given them an A if they went and got another veteran arm. He was a little upset about that. It would have been tricky even then to say, okay, well, they replaced Verlander with Weapon X, and so A+. plus. I, you know, it just wasn't going to happen. Right, right. And, and, and I, I think the conclusion we arrived at yesterday was the only way they were ever going to get – the only way that anybody is going to give the Astros an A for the offseason, because they're already loaded – would be if they spent way into the competitive balance tax and brought back Verlander and still signed to Brayu and, and all those other things. If Crane had sold to Jeff Bezos and Bezos had come in and said, we're not going to Mets upstage us, right. boom, and then you go out and just sign everybody. We're going to Cohen this thing. We're going to change the verb Cohen, the owner of the Mets, to Bezos. We're going to so Bezos this thing. We're a billion-dollar uh, payroll this year. Yeah, he's reportedly, uh, not to get off on a tangent, I saw the headline, he's uh, in on wanting to buy the Washington football commandos. It's, he's um, I, he's sent some people to explore it. Yeah. Yeah, like he's examining what the situation is. I feel like so that's it's, happening. It's not like, he's, not like he's about to make a bid or anything. No, 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 yeah. but, he's, but, but it's you know, enough, of a, an, enough interest to where there's a headline about it, I guess. I saw, I saw, about, saw a lot of people, oh, yeah, okay, we're way off. Yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of people say, like, why doesn't he just buy it? Well, because like, you don't get to be a billionaire by, like, 
by by being like, well, it's just a billion or uh, just five billion dollars. That's uh, well, yeah. It's also no a process. Deal. He has to get approved just, and all those other things. Like, I'll just pay cash. Yeah, I was about you, to say. You want to know what you're getting into? I was about to know? say. I was about to go. It's not like buying something on Amazon. I'm like, oh yeah, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. You'd have to uh, pay to get it promoted. The, yeah. Then maybe <laughs> right. you know, find find a way to get five thousand reviews somehow. Back yeah. to the Astros. Um. So uh. So the, the the report card was a B minus. Um, it got me thinking yesterday, Seth, as we were as we were finishing up the show. Um, what are the what are the most likely we told you so's that come from people like us and Astro fans? Come as you know as the season rolls on, or by the end of twenty twenty three, what are the things in your mind that were most likely to say, "See, told you." That's why you got a B minus. You shouldn't have. You should have done this, or you shouldn't have done this. The, yeah. Um, okay. Relying on Lance McCullers, I suppose, which would also be involved with. I can't believe you didn't retain Verlander. How do you? How do you justify not retaining Verlander? And the other thing would be, I think, if, if two of your thirty-plus-year-old veteran free agents get injured um, or underperform, then yeah. like, well, what the hell are you doing? What'd you expect anyway? You talking about Brantley and Abreu? Those yeah. two. Yeah. Um, Especially Brantley, who I mean, it's not a huge deal, but I it's more than I thought Brantley would get coming off a shoulder injury at age thirty six or whatever he is that he got he got twelve million and he makes sixteen this year. And the the thing about that though is I can't see a lot of told you so is coming off of that just because it wasn't he wasn't part of the equation you know last year yeah in the second half so it's uh, although you could argue obviously that that money might be better spent elsewhere on somebody else. I agree with you on Verlander. That's on my list. The first one the first one I thought of and again if this is your I told you so then you're living in you're living a pretty good life. But I, I could see where 11 million to Rafael Montero might feel a little rich at some yeah. point this year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if he's like one of their top 3 relievers. Like Presley's their closer. Brian Abreu was nails at the end of last year and Stanek led the league in ERA last year. Uh, for relievers, so I that that one is one where, especially if it's the Montero that we got towards the end of the postseason, where he was the least trustworthy out of all those guys that, that yeah. got regular regular yeah. run. That that could be one for me. So you have um, paying for guys in their thirties. Montero's thirty two. Yeah. So it's uh, does he turn thirty three? Whatever. But I mean, he's not old yet, but he will be by three years from now. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's not the whole problem is like they still there's not really a lot of room to say I told you so because if you look at the roster on paper, they still look like a team that should produce yeah, awesome. even if even accounting for injuries, yeah. you know. So I I don't think there'll be a whole lot of oh well yeah, we knew it. We knew it was going to fail. I think when people look at the ultimate demise of the Astros, they more look at it like the normal timeline of any championship team. It's going to ebb and flow. But that's why, you know, I, I did, did you see anybody give him a, a bad grade on the offseason? No, no, yeah. I admittedly haven't seen a ton of report cards. Um, you know, and B, B, B minus feels feels about right for how yeah. for how I know people grade things like this. Um, here's one for you that I thought of, and this would be a good problem to have, I guess. And again, we're going through what are the possible I told you so's for the Astros for this season. Um, I could see at the end of the year, People saying, "Well, told you, you should have played ball with Kyle Tucker instead of going to arbitration. You, you should have." And this is assuming they don't sign Tucker to an extension, which I don't think they're going to. Yeah. <clears throat> um, that if Tucker plays under this five million dollar deal that he had when he wanted seven point five, and again, the reason I say this would be a good problem to have would be because under that scenario, Kyle Tucker goes and has an MVP caliber season. Right. Like if, right. if Kyle Tucker goes, you know, thirty and thirty this year, 
gets that OPS up into the 900s on the regular and wins another gold glove, then I think we're starting to look at a future where Kyle Tucker goes the George Springer, Carlos Correa route and just plays the thing out and then goes and gets a, a an 8- or a 10-year deal from somebody else after the 2025 season. Right, but that's still the – yeah, I mean, that's that that told you so still comes a couple years down the road. Um, I guess the other – let's see. Where are the other told you so's with the Astros? Unless uh, – people try to do this every year. I mean, they tried to do it with Altuve at the beginning of the playoffs last year. People who only check in on baseball every now and then uh, will find out that Altuve's 0 for 22, and, and they'll bring up the, well, that's a lot harder to hit the ball, and you can't see what's coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's it, – it, and also people – I think sometimes people think he's older than he is because he's been around so long that they, they look at him as like an old guy that's just about to be on his – Dying vapors 32, or right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um, yeah. So people will say that if El Tube has a bad year, but it's not based in anything. It's not based in any kind of reality. I think center field is one. I like if Chaz, if the Chaz that we get isn't the Chaz that we got in the postseason. Like if it's June of 2022, Chaz, and we're mucking it along with Chaz and and Jake Myers, I could see. And the team is doing not as good as we expect. Let me caveat that. I don't think anybody brings any I told you so's to the Astros individually if they're still winning 107 games this year you know what I mean like if they're yeah. still winning winning is the deodorant for everything I, I my my whole thing with this if the Astros are are in a dogfight with the Mariners and the Angels for the AL West and we're looking at okay why are they backslid to where they're a 93 win team instead of a 107 win team what are the re- I could see center field being an I told you so. Okay, um, and that is like, look, that was the one that had the most hand wringing during the regular season, uh, center field, and that's where again I was I was kind of confused that some people, I feel like people are a little too swayed by the postseason, um, which is what we tend to do around here, I guess in the in. Uh, with the center field position, because uh, it wasn't that long ago that Myers was like we'd found a, we'd found the holy grail of centers, and then all of a sudden, you know, a year later, uh, people are ready to just proclaim Chaz McCormick the hero. It's just it's not settled yet. He wasn't consistent enough. Yep. Um, Ocho brings this up. He says that playoff Pena is not permanent Pena, and yeah. uh, that um, okay. So here's this Ocho. This is what I'm going to say about about Pena, is that he did. Alter his swing in September last year, and it helped him hit the curveball better. He was given, he was taking like a step. Now he just does like a little bit of a lift of a hover, um, and it gives him a little bit more time to wait on the breaking ball, and that seemed to have made a big difference. I guess the bigger concern for me with Pena is his injury history. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he's he was somebody who on the uh, on the clowny scale. That's what Seth and I call the clowny scale, where you're worried about is a guy going to get up after he slides into a base or goes to the ground. Yeah, Pena and uh, Jordan are the two highest, highest, uh, highest grades on that. I am concerned every time Pena does something that involves sliding or diving. Absolutely. Oh, it's, you know what's going to be interesting to see is okay, does it end up requiring? more athleticism or more running like more total movement out of the shortstop without the shift because they'll still they'll still line him up right there at second base I'm sure and they'll put you know they'll do as much of a shift as they can get away with they'll put at times um Altuve will be like right on the back of the dirt in the infield they'll push it they'll they'll push the limit of the of the shift yeah I'm I don't know. Like if it if it I mean shortstop is just one of those things. Yeah, like is he going to have to 
Is there going to be more? Yeah, probably so, Seth. There's going to be more space to cover. I mean, that's the goal well, of they're still banning gonna try the ship. To shift. Yeah. They're going to shift, but only as far as they're allowed. And it's kind of like it's like it's like waiting for a baton at a uh, you know in a right. relay race. You're right. going like, okay, the ball is hit, and then you can go yep. over it if it's hit to the right side. Here's, I guess, this would be my response to Ocho's text on the trailer wheel and frame uh, text page. Um, when he says the "I told you so" is um, possible that uh, playoff Pena is not permanent Pena. When I think of "I told you so's," really what I'm thinking of is something where you have a certain group of people saying "do this," and you got another group of people saying "do the opposite." You know, you had certain people saying "yes, bring back Verlander," and you had others who were like. No, I don't want to spend into the competitive balance tax. I don't want to give him $43 million a year. Um, you have some saying, yeah, let's roll with Chaz at center field. You have some going, man, you need to address center field. My thing with Pena is, yeah, he might not be, like playoff Pena might not be a permanent thing, but nobody's saying replace Jeremy Pena. You know, yeah. no one's saying, like, you got to find a different solution at shortstop. You got to do something different. I think most people, most Astros people are like, Pena is the guy. Pena is, you know, Maybe a future star. Bat him in the two hole. Let's roll. I get what you're saying. Like we, yeah, that we, we could very well get into next season, and it's July, and Pena's got a 761 OPS, yeah. where he was over a thousand in the postseason last year. But you're not. He's the shortstop for this team for the next six years. Like that's that is what it is. You know what I got to look into in the rule book, Sean? I'm looking at the dimensions of the field right now in the rule book. And Major League Baseball is awful about updating its rule book. Like, you'll go on there and those, especially, like, some of the COVID rules are still aren't. When you go online to, like, MLB.com, they won't have certain portions updated. Are there, are going to be able, I don't see any actual regulations about actual how much dirt they're supposed to be. There's oh, got to the be, infield? right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, there's a regulation infield. Yeah, yeah. I just, there's I don't, a regulation dimensions with base. Like, yeah, there's regulation for the bases and the foul lines and everything. I think but, there's a. I think there's a radius from the mound that the uh, that the infield. That the is Why you, are you worried about? Are you are you worried about uh, some teams treating the infield like they treat the outfield? Like dimensions, yeah. you know. Yeah. Hey. I'm not worried about it. I'm looking forward to it. Is uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to an Astro, the Astros having a uh, dirt that extends five like feet 50 longer, feet on into the uh, yeah. <laughs> Cheaters it wouldn't. Okay, be so it's though. a radius from the pitcher's mouth. I, I believe so. so. Someone okay. will text us with that information. Yeah. All right, um, Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, Friday. We are headed to spring training. Brought to you by Shoppa's John Deere, which Seth has been browsing during the break. I am. I'm gonna get a flail mower. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go talk to the guys at shop. Is about a flail mower. What's a flail mower? A flail mower is like, um, it's like an arm. It's like a, a mower that you go off the back of a tractor. That's good for, um, uh, like mowing banks and stuff. Oh, okay. Because it'll it can high go grass. Up. Yeah, yeah. You might see the highway uh, crews using it. That's what they yeah. use. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Anything well, else? Not necessarily high grass, but just a bank. Like, so it can go. Yeah. You, can, you don't want to be riding your mower at like a 50 degree angle. Sure. But you could have your flail mower do that would it. would be quite the visual yeah. <laughs> riding that. Um, how much does a good flail mower go for these days? Uh, I think about like, for, so for my purposes, yes. Like, I think like $3,000. Oh, wow. Now you can get my, my, my brother in law is a golf course superintendent. Sometimes I go over and he lets me ride his machines. Really? But those things are, those things are like 60 grand. But oh, I could mow yeah. my I could mow my lawn in like three minutes. It's worth the time. I feel what I keep telling Brandy is that if you factor in you know the time spent mowing versus me spending sixty thousand dollars on this mower with three decks in front of it, right? Uh, I feel like it all balances out. 
And oh, by the way, now we have a putting green, Brandy. Yes. <laughs> uh, three nine seven five on the trailer wheel and frame text page. Who's the platoon infielder this year to spell Altuve and Pena? Uh, the Diaz, so to speak. Um, Mauricio Dubon is still on this team. Uh, David Hensley, I believe, will have a platoon role of some sort with this team. But there isn't. Yeah, I don't. Dubon is the closest thing to it. Dubon played some center field for them. He can play the infield positions. Um, but Diaz, you know, Diaz and Marwin before him were super duper Swiss Army knife. You know, uh, yeah. could play any infield position, short of first base maybe, uh, and and play a little bit of the outfield. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess Dubon is the closest thing to that guy. The other one too. I feel. I feel like I'm the only. <laughs> I've been watching with such anger through the years as Keith Law and others would keep listing Forrest Whitley as the Astros' top prospect. And I, I, so I'm torn where there's a part of me that just wants to be like, you see, you sons of bitches. Wait, excuse my language, kids. Don't ever use that language again, especially when talking about sports writers. My God, there's saints on this earth. Um, but, uh, yeah, there, there's part of me that's like, okay, the, let's make this the year. It's either, it either happens or it doesn't, Forrest Whitley. And if Forrest Whitley works out and he ends up being in contention for a Cy Young and a Rookie of the Year, I will be the first one to say I believed in him all the time. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. He is 25 years old. <laughs> like he was, he's drafted out of high school by the Astros. Well, you know, like, Jer- like Jerry Pena wasn't a top 100 prospect headed into even last year, right? Two years ago, he wasn't. But he yeah. was definitely he was definitely not as celebrated as he. As early on, you could tell he should have been like this yeah. isn't even a this isn't even a take a look at the postseason thing like this is a take a look at the first month of last season thing like oh yeah they did they the experts did not have the right uh, their compass was off on this guy I'm paying yeah. you um, all right Payne and Pendergast with you on a on a Friday seven one three five seven two four six ten trailer wheel and frame text page we head into the seven o'clock hour Brooks Cabina will be in studio with us at about seven twenty ish here Houston Chronicle will get his thoughts. Uh, the combine starting next week, uh, so the Texans are going to obviously be one of the big stories there. In fact, let's let's uh, let's start to get you ready for that. What are the most intriguing parts of next week? What are the things you need to circle on your calendar for next week at the combine if you're a Texans fan? I've got a list of about four or five things that I will be keeping an eye on as we are down at spring training in West Palm Beach. I'll be keeping one eye on Indianapolis for these four things. That is next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 